0: Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real-life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aww, Yeah. So many of our listeners, subscribers, and followers across social media are studying for or have completed the IELTS exam. And we get many questions about how to pass this exam. And we also get many comments from students that have told us how our lessons have helped them to pass a particular part of the test.
1: So, as it's been highly requested, today we'll be giving you 10 tips to help you pass the test. We also have some bonus tips on Instagram at reallife.english, so make sure you check those out as soon as you finish listening to this podcast.
0: Ah, yeah, boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and
1: outstanding
0: way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, riding the bus, parachuting out of an airplane, or even...
1: Preparing for your IELTS exam.
0: (laughs) Maybe it's quite probable that someone is listening to this while preparing for an IELTS exam. And hopefully these tips will help you to be motivated and maybe even give you some hacks, some little tricks that you can use to study more efficiently. To study better so before we get into those though we have a shout out to a very special listener and app user
1: So today's shout out comes from Jonas Junior and they say you just learn real English when you're immersed into it. These podcasts have really helped me to learn and improve my English. I've also been following their channels on YouTube and I also bought one of their English lessons of their course, Fluent with Friends. In 2019, I couldn't understand anything and ended up giving up. But then I did four of the lessons from the course, and when I finished, something amazing happened. Just try it.
0: Oh, yeah. So thanks so much, Josh Jr. I'm glad that you found Fluent with Friends helpful. And dear listener, if you want to check out that course and have a lot of fun learning how to master understanding fascinating speech, vocabulary, pronunciation, and the culture, and so much more, then you can click the link in the description where you'll go to the show notes and we'll have a link to sign up there. And if you want us to shout you out, like we have Jonas today, he's also an app user. So using the app is really great because you can listen to these podcasts with full transcripts and all the vocabulary and other notes. And this is super helpful for being able to understand it better. And in addition to that, Something that you'll definitely need to do if you are studying for IELTS is practice your speaking. And so we have this speaking section on there where anytime, anywhere, you can press a button and connect with other learners and practice speaking English. So all you have to do to get shouted out is leave us a five-star review for the app. And before we get into today's main topic, we have a burning question from one of our listeners.
1: So today's burning question comes from a follower on Instagram called Naif Snore. I'm sorry if I've pronounced that incorrectly um, as it's an Instagram handle, but they are asking, is it necessary for IELTS to learn academic English or go abroad?
0: That is a great question. I'm sure going abroad could help you having an immersion experience, but I think it's not necessary at all. I think you can create that immersion experience at home, which we talk about all the time on this podcast about not just learning English, but living it. So it's like with anything. If your goal is to study for the IELTS and get a really good score on it, or to get a better job, or to improve your English just because it's a hobby of yours, then the number one thing you can do is just be listening to English as much as possible. So listening to podcasts, on your way to work, watching all of your TV series in the original language, so watching them in English, um, making English-speaking friends, other people who are also learning the language who can support you on your journey, and maybe getting a teacher. And we're going to give you a lot more tips in today's podcast, that's what it's all about, that will help you to study for the IELTS exam and do better even if you are not in an English-speaking country. But what about learning academic English for the IELTS
1: I think obviously if you are planning on taking the IELTS exam, then you will have to learn with a variety of material. So you'll have to learn some academic English as well, because maybe the test requires that. But. You know, formal English can be really good, but it shouldn't be the only thing that you are learning or the only thing that you are focusing on because you want to understand English in the real world as well. And sometimes these tests or textbooks, they teach you more academic or formal English. So then when you're actually using it out in the real world, it's maybe not that helpful to you. So definitely you need a variety.
0: Yeah. Without a doubt, you'll definitely need to, beyond what I was saying, like surrounding yourself by the language, that's really important. But beyond that, if your goal is to pass the IELTS and to get a good score on it, you are going to need to buckle down and study and So you will need some academic English, like you're going to have to have a certain level of mastery about the grammar. You're probably going to need to use the space repetition software and maybe different techniques to learn certain vocabulary. But another really important part of that exam is having had exposure to real-life materials, as we'll discuss in the tips. So without getting ahead of ourselves, I think that's a perfect point to jump into today's main topic. Hey there, Real Lifer. Have you downloaded the Real Life English app yet? On the app, Andrea and I will guide you beyond the classroom to live, learn, and even speak English in the real world. So how do we do this? To start with, you can listen to the Real Life English podcast and Beyond Borders Talk Show, even this very episode, with digital transcripts so that you can follow along and develop your listening fluency. Plus, check dozens of definitions of all the most difficult vocabulary, idioms, phrasal verbs, slang, and so much more that you won't find anywhere else or in any other podcast. And how would you like to develop real life speaking confidence at the touch of a button by speaking with other learners while making friends across cultures? Sounds like a dream, right? Well, now with the real life app, it will be a dream come true. Download the app to listen to our podcast with transcripts and definitions whenever and wherever you want, and speak with people from all around the world. What are you waiting for? Join our global community today by clicking the link in the description of this podcast or by going to www.reallifeglobal.com app. That's A-P-P. Or simply search for the Real Life English app in the Google Play or Apple App Store today and let us guide you beyond the classroom to live and learn and speak English in the real world. Ah, yeah! All right. So what's the first tip, Andrea? We kind of hinted at this already.
1: So the first tip is to use authentic materials whenever possible. So we touched on this a little bit earlier by talking about using a variety of resources. And so you want to do the same in preparation for the exam. So listen to the news, listen to podcasts, listen to songs really regularly. Um, Also... They have articles the same length and complexity to those that you'll be faced with in the test. So reading news articles can be really beneficial as well.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I don't tend to like reading the news, but I have heard that that can be very helpful for preparing for this exam. Uh, And in the news, they tend to use maybe a certain vocabulary set which isn't that common in other types of English. So exposing yourself to maybe watching the BBC or watching, I mean, the IELTS is actually more an American English exam. So maybe watching CNN, listening to NPR, which is, is a radio program, doing different things like this can expose you to like the vocabulary and the type of English that you're going to need to really shine on that part of the exam.
1: Mm, Yeah, definitely. Using authentic materials, a variety, you don't have to just stick to one thing.
0: Right. So tip number two.
1: So next, you need to make sure that you're familiar with all the sections of the exam. So that's really going to help you to prepare for the exam. You know, replicating exam conditions at home is really important and is really going to help you with your time management on the day. You know, I remember at school, whenever we had exams, we would also take mock exams not your final exam. It's like a practice test. So before any exams, we always had mock exams. So what that means is you have the same exam conditions, the same time, the same kind of paper and everything. So it really helps to prepare you. And this is especially true for the writing exam where it's very easy to lose track of time. Like I remember sometimes having three hour exams. So you really need to practice and think about how much time you're spending on each question.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the rules are with the IELTS exam, but I took like the I took a language exam a couple of years ago. And one thing that I really regretted, you're not allowed to have your phone during the exam. And one thing I really regretted was not having a watch or something, you know, uh, where I could keep track of the time, because I, I believe they had like one clock, but it's kind of far away and stuff. And having something really close to you that you can easily check on, at any point to see, you know, how much time do I have left can be helpful. Um, so I would highly recommend that when it comes to the actual exam day, if make sure that it's allowed, but bring some sort of, you know, digital clock or something like that where you can very easily check the time because you never know what the examination room is going to be like and how available that will be to you. And something else that could be really helpful for you here I think it could save you a lot of time, is actually signing up for some sort of IELTS course. Now, we don't have a course like this, but there's tons of them online. And the reason that this will save you so much time is because a lot of people maybe who want to study for IELTS, they'll go to YouTube and they'll look up IELTS videos. But the thing that you'll be missing out here is someone who's laid out a course, someone with experience about training people, maybe even uh, running the course, moderating the course, has laid out a perfect balance of each of the different sections. So, if you're doing it on your own, then you need to be really conscious that you're you're dedicating equal amounts of time to studying for each of the different sections to make sure that you're equally prepared for all of them. Uh, and then maybe even identifying where you have weak spots and spending more time on there. So maybe you'll figure out that your listening is really good, but you need to spend more time on writing. So then buckling down and and focusing more on the writing aspect.
1: You've said it a couple of times now, so I think it would be good to explain what this means. What does buckle down mean?
0: If you buckle down, it's a good expression for studying, right? It's, It's kind of like you're pushing away your distractions. You're getting in a good, quiet environment where you can focus and study on something. So generally, anytime that you have to take an exam, you really need to have that focus time where you can buckle down and study.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: All right. So what is tip number three?
1: So, I mean, this is kind of an obvious one, but it's really important. You need to practice reading in English. There are lots of lists online where you can find recommended books for language learners, or you can use graded readers, which are basically simple versions of classic fiction books, which can be really useful to help you improve your reading speed, as well as pick up lots of passive vocabulary.
0: Yeah, there's tools too online. I can't remember what exactly they're called, but I've used them in the past, where you can paste a section of text in it, and you can have it uh, scroll on the screen. So it will scroll and you can increase the speed. So you could practice reading it faster and faster. And this can be good also to actually deliberately practice that, uh, increasing your, your reading speed. And another really great tip for that, if you're reading something, maybe it's, it's like actual paper or something, which is what it would be like on the exam is to use a pencil or your finger and actually like scroll your finger along what you're reading. This is actually like proven that it helps us to, not only read faster, because you're kind of using that to point at what you want to read, and so you just move your your finger or a pen faster, and you'll be able to pick up your reading speed, but it's also been proven that it also helps you to retain more information, which obviously is very important because you're going to need to answer questions based on what you're reading. Uh, so get in the habit of doing that. And one of the really great things about reading a variety of different materials, so we talked about reading the news, but also just for fun, you can start reading like Andrea mentioned, graded readers, or uh, depending on your level, maybe you can even just read some different fiction books. I tend to recommend a lot young adult books to my students because it's also kind of like that level that you would need, and it can help you pick up some good vocabulary, and it's very entertaining stories. But it's one of the best ways to learn vocabulary. We actually uh, had an expert on this on the Beyond Borders talk show, uh, Ollie, who has learned something like 13 languages by principally by reading. So he's a big believer in the power of books and especially stories to help you to learn a language to proficiency. So you definitely could listen to that and that will give you some more tips on how you can use stories and reading to improve your English. Just a quick interruption to ask you a question. Do you ever feel frustrated when you are listening to a podcast, watching a TV series, or you are in a conversation in English and you do not understand what is said? Wouldn't it be great if there was some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is! With our Real Life Native Immersion course, we will take you on a 41-week real-life adventure of the English language, each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use your English in the real world. Just imagine understanding your favorite TV series without subtitles, or confidently speaking with someone and comprehending everything they say. You can do it, and we're here to help. And the best part is, you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com pod to sign up. That's P-O-D. Or simply click the link in the description of this episode. All right, so tip number four.
1: So we kind of mentioned a bit earlier about doing practice tests, and it's really important to do as many practice tests as you can. Like, I can't imagine going into an exam having never even tried a previous test before. It's really going to help you to become familiar with the structure of the paper of the tests and also the types of questions that you're going to be asked.
0: Right. Yeah. And you can find tons of these online. And so actually set yourself a timer, like the same amount of time that you would have on the actual exam and buckle down (laughs) and actually try to do the practice test and see how you do. And I think it could be good, too, to actually have a regular rhythm when you're, I don't know, if you have a few months to prepare for this exam, then have a regular rhythm like once a week or once every two weeks where you're doing one of these mock exams to which is also going to be motivating for you, hopefully, because you'll be able to see your improvement or you'll get a good indicator of where you need to spend more time based on where you might be scoring higher and scoring lower.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's really going to inform your future planning, like to focus on what you really need to work on the most. And it's also a really good way to track your progress. So, you know, you'll have all those practice papers that you've done and you can look back on them and see, you know, what you needed to work on, what you've improved and so on.
0: Right. And I think the next tip is going to help you to do this even a little bit better.
1: So the next one is to use model answers. And by model, what we mean is like the best possible answer. So usually at the back of the test books, they will have model answers. So this is like a perfect answer. And what you can do is you can try copying out these answers from the back of the test. And that's going to help you to solidify your command of the vocabulary and sentence and Essay structure.
0: Yeah. There's a, an exercise I used to do with my students as well, where you would take some model text like this, or it could be a paragraph from a book, or it could be uh, a paragraph from a news article, or something like this, and you translate it into your native language. And then you put away the original and try to translate it back as closely as you can to the original. So that's also something else you could try and see if that works well for you to start learning how to correctly do those structures in English. And especially if you want to do
1: any translation work, uh, these kinds of exercises can be
0: valuable to you. All right. So tip number six.
1: So it can be really important to find an experienced teacher. Sometimes maybe you get to a stage and you get a bit lost and you're not quite sure what to do next. So they could really guide you to success. You know, as long as you find someone with experience in successfully helping students pass the IELTS exam, then that could be a real game changer for you
0: you said it can be a game changer for you. So what does it mean if something is a game changer?
1: So something that is game changing or a game changer is like revolutionary. That's really going to have a huge impact on what you are doing or what you are trying to achieve. So, you know, finding the right teacher can be a game changer for you because it could be the difference between failing and passing the exam. Yeah.
0: Maybe that could be like the real life app could be a game changer in helping you to improve your speaking since you can speak anytime and anywhere. And yeah, even if you're not studying for IELTS, I mean, in any situation, a teacher having someone to really guide you can be immensely helpful. But of course, if you're studying for the IELTS, having someone who has been able to coach other learners to success in the exam, who has a proven track record, we could say, of uh, students being successful in the exam, this is going to be immensely helpful because they know the ins and outs. They know all of the details of where you could get tripped up, where you could have problems taking the exam. And they're going to help to uncover those for you. So like I was talking about, I've taken, I took an exam a couple of years ago and having a teacher for me, it was definitely a game changer in the sense that we, she helped me, you know, to do kind of like these mock exams and stuff, like asking me questions that could be expected in the speaking part. This helps me too, to like realize what kind of vocabulary I might be missing. Like for example, I really need to work on my transitional vocabulary. So like the words that you would use to link different thoughts together so that when you're explaining something, you sound in a sense more, more fluent because you're able to correctly link your ideas together in a variety of ways. And this is another place where a course can come in. I highly recommend if you are studying for the IELTS exam, that you listen to the Beyond Borders interview that I did with Lindsay from All Ears English, because they really do specialize in IELTS much more than we do. And they have courses on this and everything. But in that interview, she gave some really great tips. So that might be a great follow-up for this podcast. All right. Tip number seven.
1: So the next tip is to record yourself. So this is really important for the speaking part of the exam. And you know, you can tell stories about your experiences. You can practice having conversations and you should listen to the recordings and critique your grammar, your accent, and your pronunciation. And this is really important because I think until we actually hear ourselves speaking, we don't really know what we're sound like. So it's a really important activity to do anyway as part of your English language journey, but it can really help you with the speaking part of the exam.
0: Right. That's very true. Um, And there's so much that you can already catch just from yourself. So having a teacher is very valuable, but you might have class for an hour a week, maybe two hours a week. So it can be Outside of that, it can be really beneficial to do this, to continue getting that speaking practice and give yourself feedback between the time when you can actually get the feedback from your teacher. And if you do have a teacher, then it might be great if you're doing this because you'll have doubts, you'll have questions that pop up that you can take a note of and ask them the next time you have class or that you can work on with them in class. So uh, really being able to inform where your weak points are, that's going to make that time that you have with the teacher that much more valuable. You could even probably find other people who have taken the exam and been successful and ask them for advice or practice with them, have them fix your mistakes. I mean, they've been through what you've been through, so they might be more than willing to help you out because they probably know how frustrating it can be. So... That leads us in to tip number eight.
1: So another great way to practice your speaking is to have everyday conversations. So whenever you can, whether it's at school, at the store, and even online, Um, we mentioned it early, you know, but our app is such a great way to practice speaking with others, especially when maybe you don't live, in a place where there are many English speakers so it's very easy to use and a fantastic way to just pick up your phone and connect with someone um You know, you can try and speak to people who are more fluent than you, maybe um, a teacher or someone that you know with a higher level and that way they can help fix your mistakes. But even that is not absolutely necessary as long as you are just practicing speaking. Like that is the most important thing. If you can speak in English every day, even if it's with a non-native, it's really going to help you make progress.
0: Right. And you could probably even look up some of the questions, you know, the the types of questions that they'll ask you on the exam. And maybe you could go on the app and connect with someone and ask them the question. And then hopefully they'll ask you the question back so you can practice how you would answer those different questions and, and maybe even ask them if they're willing to give you feedback. All right. We just have a couple more. So what's number nine?
1: So tip number nine is to recognize your most common mistakes. So this is really important you know, to recognize where you are making the most mistakes and that way you can then improve on them. So regularly write down the mistakes that you keep making, in both speaking and writing, especially because you can easily correct those as long as you're aware of them. So whether it's through practice tests or through having conversations or, you know, practicing writing and things like that, make sure you reflect, you check and you work out what the most common mistakes you're making are so that you can improve on those so that you don't lose marks.
0: Yeah. And again, if you have a teacher, that can be a really good idea because you can see where your strengths are. So you can go to that teacher and you can say, oh, I don't need to focus so much on reading because um, I've done some practice tests and I do quite well on that. But I need to practice writing and speaking because that's where I've noticed that um, I trip up a lot or I lose a lot of points. So definitely know yourself, get to know yourself, be critiquing yourself, taking the tests, recording yourself, listening back to yourself and just seeing where are those places that could get you in trouble on the exam and focus on that more when you're working on your own or getting your teacher to help you with that. And last but not least, what is tip number 10?
1: So this is especially important anyway in life and it's to be consistent. So the most important thing in anything you do is to be consistent. So if that means going to class every day, it means turning up if you need to do your homework, do your homework, make sure you regularly ask your teachers what you need to do to improve and be persistent. Just don't stop, you know, figure out what you need to do and keep doing it.
0: Yeah. Consistency is so much more important than perfection. Like you're, you're going to make mistakes and stuff and that's totally okay, but you need to make sure that you're showing up every single day and doing the work, buckling down, as we've been saying throughout this and studying. And I would recommend, you know, don't, set the bar too high with yourself. Like don't try to have the expectation that I need to study for an hour and a half every single day. It's much more valuable if you can show up for 20 minutes every single day without missing a single day than, you know, trying to do an hour every day and you miss a day and then you get demotivated. And so maybe, you know, you just give up or you're not able to keep up with that schedule. So find something small that you can be consistent with, that you can actually keep that commitment with yourself. And then, you know, if you find that you need more time, then little by little, you can increase that. But try to be realistic because we all tend to have busy lives, unexpected things happen, and figure out uh, how you can build that habit. And then you can continue doing better and better at it. All right. So hopefully these tips have been valuable for you. If you're not studying yet, hopefully they will help you to have a strong start to studying, or if you're already studying for the IELTS exam, hopefully it will help you just to improve the quality of that. And as we mentioned, be sure to head over to our Instagram at reallife.english to get a few more tips that will help you on the IELTS exam. And also head over to Instagram and leave us a comment if you would like us to get an IELTS expert to come on the Beyond Borders talk show and give you more advice on this, because Andrea and I are not experts on this, then, as I said, comment over there on Instagram, and we can try to find someone that can help you with that. But we need to make sure that enough of you will actually find that interesting. And be sure to check out the show notes of this episode, where you can find all the links, all the resources we mentioned, other episodes of the podcast and Beyond Borders that we mentioned, and, of course, a link to download the app. So we have had a lot of fun, talking about the IELTS exam with you today. And we look forward to seeing you next week. One, two, three. Aww yeah! Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV Series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our Real Life Native Immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend, or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw yeah!